0: Yukon and start his company here and i think he's preparing now for um he's working out towards series a uh and he's working out of the Yukon and i think he's got 20 employees or something like that so i mean it is that's a sas that's a sas company hmm. uh, working out of fear and it might actually be our, our first exit right and definitely our first company going series a
1: you're joining us for episode one eleven one 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 one, 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 um, from the Yukon territories with you construct. Um, thank you for joining us, man. Um, this is probably one of the coolest locations to, uh, do, to, to do a podcast with because man, like, I really wanted to know when we connected what's going on in the Yukon territories. So William, um, thanks. For, thanks for coming on.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I've been, uh, yeah, i'm always happy to you know share what we're doing up here which is um we've been really busy for the past two years granted i've only been here for two years but um but we've been really busy and lots of things uh, have happened and lots of momentum and it's a good time to you know to share um you know so thanks thanks for the thanks yeah. for having me and thanks for the for the opportunity right so um how can i start how can i start
1: yeah, let's let's talk about, first of all, Yukon territories. Um, I mean, growing up as an immigrant in Canada, like Yukon was like the fable land, you know, the the, the land of like ice and snow. Uh, we used right. to play this game when when I was in grade school called um, uh, Cross Country Canada, where mm-hmm. you would like take a truck and deliver goods across Canada as a way to like learn uh, geography. Mm-hmm. And um, and one of the my, one of my places is going to like Whitehorse, like, you know, Yukon, and like going all the remote areas because it's like, it just seems so far away, right? But uh, here we are connecting and talking about, uh, you know, talking in real time. I, I really wanted to talk more about what's going on in Yukon territories. Um, how, like, how is uh, the environment there? Um, what's going on with people? Like, what are, you guys, what are you guys working on? How to be incubator?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so, so first of all, it, it is cold and it is <laughs> cold as it gets. Of course, people in Nunavut and the Northwest Territories will tell you, you know, they're further away and you know and and it gets colder i think uh the what's interesting about the territories is that things are well things things work differently up here right and and i think uh um there are good and bad reasons for that right i think so i think let's jump on the bad so we can talk about the good and Mm. uh and expand on on the good but i I think uh you know part of the bad is obviously we're remote right and so so they're, they're they're you know they're there are difficulties to running businesses up here. There are difficulties to living up here, right? So mm. uh, the, the Yukon is a little more blessed than what we have. Better traffic, lots of trucks cross through Yukon, you know, uh, and, and connect Alaska with the mainland, and and so we, we we're you know we're we're blessed with a lot you know a much better supply chain as far as far as the north is concerned. I mean, it isn't it isn't the greatest, but it is. But, but as far as the north, we're I mean we're 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 in a lot better shape than the other two territories. The the second thing that I, I think there are three main ones. I think the second thing is obviously um, uh, uh, the internet, right? And, and telecommunications, right? So, uh, I mean, we don't have a lot of um, telecommunications companies really service in the north. So, uh, there's not a lot of competition. Uh, it's mainly bail by way of Northwest Tail, which is the local, it is really the, the company that serves the three territories um and you know and we have uh telus and a couple of other carriers but it is a bit of a monopoly right so the, it is quite expensive to own a phone as if it wasn't expensive already to own a phone in canada anyway and as compared to you know to other places um that's a you know that's another one and then the internet as well i mean it's quite unreliable and so you know if you look at tech and so on without without a reliable internet well that's mm-hmm. it, right that typically like if you can Really, uh, if you can't, if you know, if you don't have access to reliable internet, well, that it makes, uh, it makes it hard to, you know, do the business up here and and be in tech. Um, And the third one, well, I guess it's because that is what you said, right? That perception of the North being really remote, and by and by remote meaning life can be hard and so on. I think, uh, you know, it isn't necessarily true anymore. Um, and so the good things that have been happening, so leaving that, that the bad aside, and and because it is remote, and that idea that people have that it is remote translates in not a lot of people visiting and not a lot of people moving up here and not a lot of people considering the north as an ideal destination for um, for startups and for innovative companies, you know, regardless and of, of, of the you know of the growth model. And um, and so what's been done recently right and so i refer again so i've only been here for two years i refer to what i have seen so i've you know with with much better internet right now we're working on redundancy services we will allow for our internet to be reliable almost like in the south which is great um it's not we're not there yet but it's but you know major improvements have taken place um in in the past few months and um, we, uh, you know, we're, we're working on programs to, to get people excited about, you know, moving up here and starting a business up here. And, and, uh, and also those who will start businesses up here to stay up here and grow. Mm. So, you know, I do draw, I mean, I think I, I told a lot of people just having spent a few years in Atlantic Canada that I, I feel like that's the transition that has gone, that has that's kind of taken place in Atlantic Canada, right? Who you know? Who else would have said, "Hey, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna start a you know a fintech company in Newfoundland and you know ten years ago, and I'm gonna go public and I'm gonna you know I'm gonna be acquired for ten percent of Newfoundland's GDP or something." Mm. That happened a few months ago towards the end of last year mm-hmm. uh, with the company's companies Verifin. Mm-hmm. So who would have said, you know, the PEI or 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 Atlantic Canada, you know, were ideal destinations for startups or or for tech companies ten years ago? Well, not many. But look at where we are now. And so I think a lot of that has to do with you know um, the determination on the one hand of the Canadian government I have to give them that. and of course, it's just by throwing money at the problem. but you know, the, the whole startup and technology and innovation was, was very is I mean it's, I won't say it's new, right? but I, I would say that it's relatively um, that, that would be the that would be the baby. I was, I was hoping. <laughs> Uh, that wouldn't happen. Um, um, you know, the determination to figure it out, to figure out our own sort of ecosystems or challenges, address them, and uh, and get us all, you know, jumping on the bandwagon of you know of innovation and technology, which is where Canada, you know, is is headed, right? Um, to compete globally, there's really no stopping that. And and uh, and the same is happening here in the north. Uh, you know, I think we just I would say we we're 10 years behind Atlantic Canada. Right, and, and Atlantic Canada is a couple of years behind, you know, other other ecosystems, and uh, but things are moving. And my um, when I was, I guess when I was sold on the idea of moving up here to to Yukon to to kickstart a startup ecosystem and uh, and so on, I I uh, I got excited because I did see I I did see the intention from the various governments and. You know, here we have three governments, the Canadian government, the territorial government, and First Nations governments, uh, which makes the Yukon a very interesting place to, to, to live and, and do business. Um, but I saw that intention, that momentum, which is, to me, is just, is, is very, very similar to what I've experienced in Atlantic Canada. I know if people are, when the government is in and everyone is excited and, you know, academia and, and everyone is in and they want to, you know, and everyone wants to make, you um, make the life of entrepreneurs easy and facilitate them participating in trade missions and, you know, and, 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 and go abroad and participate in accelerators and do all sorts of things and do, you know, with the hopes that they will come back and bring all that, all that, all that wealth of knowledge and connections and all that back. Um, then that means there is momentum. And that, that means it's pretty, it's like the, it's the best time to become an entrepreneur because mm. it's coming to you as opposed to, you know, look at, uh, you know, other ecosystem, more mature ecosystems in Canada, I mean, you need to go find the support, because right? it's no longer coming to you, because, you know, because everyone is busy, service, serve, you know, service and entrepreneurs, and, um, so um, there is a lot happening as far as, um, as far as programming, and, and as far as initiatives is concerned, and I, um, it's kind of, it's funny, I'll try not to uh, laugh too too much, because I, I, uh, uh, I don't want to sound like, um, I don't want to sound like I, you know, like a, uh, uh, like there is an underlying message or anything like that. But the day I, I, you know, we rescheduled this call, rescheduled this, this, this podcast, and, uh, and the reason why I did that is because the day we were supposed to, um, uh, to 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 meet to chat, uh, I resigned right from my current role. Uh, and the reason why I resigned, so I, I was you know, I had a, you know, just a, a, lot of things to, you know, to do and, and, uh, and I was still thinking I was going to jump on the call and so I was excited and, uh, but I resigned and that meant that I had to figure lots of things out and,
1: hmm. and
0: call some people and kind of get organized for, for that next step. Um, and I'm, I'm laughing because it is, you know, on the one hand, um, you know, it was, it was a good, it's a good time. And it's, it's obviously very good time in today as well, but it was a good, it, it was interesting that you reached out because I thought, yes, you know, I can't really publicly announce anything yet, but, uh, big things are coming, you know, and are going to happen this year, you know, for the territory. You know, when I came up here, I I've told a few people about this and I remember people will say, Hey, uh, uh, you coming, you coming up here to, you know, to help startups, and, you know, and I ask people, well, you know, hang on, kind of like, you're talking about startups, and I'm, I'm not really following it, and so say, like, was, what's a startup, and people, you know, used to tell me, well, a, company, a startup is a company that's starting up, right, and they used to separate the word startup up, and they capitalize, you know, the beginning of, yeah, uh, you know, the beginning of each word, and I was thinking, wow, this is going to be, it's going to be a lot of work, <laughs> I thought, I mean, I thought we were, you know, I mean, I had no, I had no expectations, but we, you know, a couple of years ago, we were, we were absolutely unaware of where the, the rest of the country was as, as far as startup entrepreneurship,
1: right?
0: Hmm. Incubators. I mean, all of this, all of this was, you know, an ineligible language and, you know, that no one spoke and, and no one knew much about, but where we are today is, is, um, a sort of place where the territorial government is really excited and, uh, and aware, very much aware that this could be, you know, this could be the way the territory uh diversifies the economy
1: mm-hmm.
0: um uh, i mean i won't speak for that but obviously this, it is clear that you know after two years working on this and it's such a small town i mean this is I mean, absurd how small this is uh for for uh, you know for a really small population and um and everyone you know we all know each other and and uh, and everyone is aware that this kind of this this how much this means to the territory, how much this 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 could mean to the territory's GDP and its efforts to diversify the economy, keep people here and bring in investment, you know, attract talent and and you, you again, you heard it all before from Atlantic, Canada, I know the places right Northern Ontario. I mean we all we'll we you know we'll try to diversify our economies right and so it, and 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 we do it differently because we all have different assets and and resources and face different challenges. Um, but with the support of the Canadian government and with the support of a few other people uh, and definitely the private sector, um, big things will, will happen this year. Um, since I came up here, I mean, we um, we started a, uh, I, I mean, I, I designed this this boot camp. And, and the boot camp was meant to be, a, a, at first I thought, a pre-accelerator, pre-incubator program. and uh, well, then we, we, we didn't even have an. We didn't have an incubator or an accelerator, or would, you know, we didn't have anything. But I thought, well, mm-hmm. if, if I can help you, if I can help you get into a really good accelerator or incubator, depending on the stage of your and the needs of your business, well, then you know the you know the same idea of you go and you participate, I pour you with some funding to go and participate, and then you come back and and I thought that's a good way for us to get you know to get us you know get people people excited. Maybe we have some successes and that, and it's just a good way to you know, to, to get people excited about startup entrepreneurship. Um, We started doing that and we graduated at 23 companies by the end of last year. You know, yeah, the end of last year. So that's 23 companies, 23 entrepreneurs went through the program in a span of 12 months, which was a very lofty target that I set for myself. And it really, it worked out, you know, quite well. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, in, in this spring, um, there will be a new program Call is STEM to market and it's all science and tech and uh, exclusively which is a you know it's the fourth iteration of that program and an opportunity to uh just you know to see how many people are there you know kind of interested in 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 launching uh tech and science you know companies up here and uh, you know i got a bunch of applications and i got exactly the number of people that i wanted and uh and uh and then I thought, well, I think it's it's time for the you know to do you know to do more. I didn't right? to start thinking about trade missions and to start thinking about you know about promoting Yukon as a destination for startup entrepreneurship. And you know, I mean I joked about this before with a few people, but it's you know the Yukon is not for everyone, right? I mean, if you <laughs> want to be a digital nomad and, and, and live in Barbados or you know, or Hawaii well, that's what, you, I mean, the Yukon is not going to be appealing to you because I think we, we had, you know, 15 or 12 degrees this past summer, right? I mean, mm-hmm. It was cold summer anyway, but, but this is not, is not why you come to the Yukon. Now, if you want to be, you know, if you, if you think on, you know, of a place that just, that is, it's just humbling, you know, it's just the mountains, the air that you breathe, the people, the connection to the land, which I think is very, um, is a very special. It's nothing like I've, it's like like nothing i've ever seen you know it's it's a, it's a place that is worth visiting and and deciding for yourself um you know based on how you feel and and you know in and, and this place to uh and maybe consider staying and and, and 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 starting your company here and um so in a nutshell that's kind of you know that's those are the kind of the things that you know, i guess that's kind of you know what my experience has mm. been like you know, I've been I've been really busy. Uh, um, it's been a very unexpected. You know, lots of challenges that I definitely yeah. expected, but but it worked out well. So, You
1: know, Um, I, I think you gave us a lot to digest, but can we start <laughs> off? Like, let's 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 start off uh, in the beginning. Like, why did you end up coming to Yukon? Uh, you know, you're not originally from the territories, am I correct?
0: No, no, not at all. In fact, I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I'm not Canadian either um i um i came to so i was i was running my second startup in uh, in singapore and uh, i um, um anyway i'm originally from from Spain and i've been living overseas since i since I was seventeen so uh, i lived in asia for many many years and and uh and i was running my second startup you know back in singapore was, and as a solo entrepreneur and Back in the day, too, Singapore really didn't have a startup ecosystem.
1: Right? Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, nothing at all. And it was all, you know, it was all banking and, and you know, and then services, consulting, you know. It wasn't really, a, I mean, definitely um, definitely a good place to be and, and get a great job and all of that. But not, it wasn't a place for startups. But then I, you know, at that time, I had really no idea. I just I just quit my job with Thomson Reuters back in in Geneva. And I was thinking, well, you know, I just want to be an entrepreneur so moved to asia started a couple of businesses and i was in singapore on my second startup and realized i mean I, there's no support for startups here like what am i doing? and i was just starting to you know i guess i was starting to learn about the whole uh, you know startup entrepreneurship i i, I had angels venture capital i had no clue right so um and and so i you know i thought okay so why don't i just maybe uh you know get some formal education and entrepreneurship and technology again I, I had you know i didn't know where to start and and, and it's I mean at that time it was there wasn't really much so um over there so i applied for a, a, a master's in technology and innovation at the at the university of nova scotia and and i said oh all right so let's move to canada you know i'm definitely you know i'm definitely you know in north america i mean i can cater to canada i can cater to the u.s so it sounds like you know it's just an hour flight from boston i mean i I mean, at the very least I should be able to connect with very interesting people and they should be able to you know help out and uh, and so I did and so I moved to I moved to Halifax and and uh, and uh, and it was you know again it was just a very it was still early for Halifax as well and but there, was, there were so many programs and there was you know there were a few venues where entrepreneurs would meet and it was it was very interesting and and while I was in that program I, I continued to run my my Singapore business but I moved it to I moved it to Canada a few a few months after I I relocated to Canada and um and things went you know they things went quite well. I mean, I I went on a few trip missions. I did a few things. Uh, um the Canadian Technology Accelerator in New York City was a great experience. It was an eye opener. I went to, you know, a few trip missions with um with the Nova Scotia government. Um uh, I uh I just you know I, I visited a few of the Atlantic Canadian provinces and it was a uh, it was a very interesting time for me uh, and so you know essentially I was kind of uh, went through an accelerator program in Dallas Texas uh, called Tech wildcatters and it was a b2b program um, for uh, for you know essentially for for, for startups and mm-hmm. uh, and at that time I was really uh, you know I had what what time was this around? So this is so 2016.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think 2016. Yeah, 2000. Okay. Um, and uh, and I moved to Canada in 2014. Uh, so uh, so two years later, I just you know I had pivoted a few times and uh, and I definitely knew you know a lot more about you know the the world of startup entrepreneurship and so I. You know what start what i think started yeah you know, i call it i call it a startup what i was doing in singapore frankly it was probably a small and medium enterprise it was just a mm. you know a guy with a website and i was kind of i mean it was very pretty you know it was pretty fancy i mean i was i was competing with indochino i don't know if you, you know yeah
1: maybe. what were you what were you trying to do
0: Th- that, that exact same thing and so the, the, the you know the bottom line is that indochino and not you know and and I kind of started at the same time except for they were in Vancouver and had access to a terrific ecosystem right the mentors the, just the access the access is everything to a startup right I mean access to what you need when you need it like as quickly as you can and and, and, the, and the best and the best kind of advisor or capital whatever it may be access is is everything to a startup mm-hmm. and and, uh, and so it's always competing with those guys but those guys had access to the university I think one of them I was a graduate of uh, UBC. I could be wrong, but I think so. And and um, you know, it was it's a great ecosystem, right? It's just like this. they are great ecosystems in Canada, and they were, uh, in my opinion, blessed to start in doshino in Vancouver. And and I wasn't. I started you know my company and in, and in, uh, in Singapore. And I nobody knew what you know how to grow a startup, and I didn't have much advice. So um so i took it you know so again when i moved up here i kind of you know i look at the model and i and i changed things a few times and pivoted a few times until i landed with a software company and that software company is the idea that got me into that accelerator in, in texas and and so great same thing in texas just great ecosystem just great people and,
1: Sorry, uh, what was the software company were we trying
0: yeah so the software company is called Tambor Leo and is a, uh, a product uh, lifecycle management management um, and uh it's a cloud application it's a SaaS. it's a SaaS company um and uh, and uh and well i mean well i mean i guess you know something uh, terrible happened personally where i lost my dad at that time and and uh, you know i was going through the accelerator and i raised some money and then and uh you know when i was I, like i had three offices at that time i had an office in canada in California, i had an office in, in dallas and an office in Bangkok and in Thailand and I, I had, you know, things were going well and I, you know, and I, I was moving very quickly and, and when, you know, the passing of my dad happened and I, I guess I just needed a break, right? I just needed a break. Mm-hmm. It was This is some, you know, it, it's, it's, something like when something, you know, something goes well, but then you, you wonder if it's the right thing. Like it was like, you know, it was the right, thing doesn't, you know, you know, devoting so much time to a startup really means that, you know, You're not going to spend time with your loved ones right? and and your friends. And so that's what I did. I mean, the only reason my startup succeeded is because I was 100% dedicated to my startup. Let's say I was 90% dedicated to my startup and 10% dedicated to my family. And that's true. And I can't do anything about that. But it is what it is. It's a big sacrifice. And I was a solo entrepreneur, which makes it harder because you don't have anybody to Know, bounce ideas off of or delegate to necessarily i mean at the early stages it's all it's all very hard it's all very hard to figure it out on, on your own so um so i kind of wanted to pause and you know take a bit of a break and um i came across this opportunity to come up here and it sounded like well you know if i can continue to work on my startup on the side because you are the companies in texas but you know i've been working on it all along you know from here and i can because there is internet and there is internet and you know, people work remotely. As I mean, it's, you know, it hasn't been a problem. Um, but um, but I just needed a break, right? I need, I just needed the break. So uh, so uh, I moved up here, and and uh, and I was looking, you know, I was I was looking to give back. I was looking to share my experience. And so much like you know, people have share their experiences with me, and, and mm-hmm. it's been very helpful. Uh, I wasn't expecting to be here for this long. I wasn't expecting to stay in for two years, to be honest. Um, but then, you know, that opportunity to, 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 to build this, I mean, I'm not, obviously I'm not doing it alone, but I mean, the opportunity of building this and, uh, it just got really excited, you know, and I'm excited and, 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 uh, um, yeah. And so my, you know, I came here two years ago, that is February, uh, yeah, I feel February of 2019 Mm -hmm. in the winter. This is my third winter. Mm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's been, you know, it's been interesting. So
1: what, uh, uh where did the decision come from to, uh, needing a break to getting to, getting into the Yukon?
0: Yeah. Like I said, when my dad passed, I was, I was just, I couldn't really, uh, I, I couldn't really focus on the business any, anymore. Like I couldn't really do it at the, you know, with, the you know, I, I, I just couldn't bring the energy that the business needed. So yeah. So I, I literally I fired everybody. <laughs> I had a, I think we were like 14 people at that time or 15. I don't remember. Quite a few people. I mean, for startup, that's that's a team. That's a few people, right? Yeah. Like, um, no, I I, I I I let everybody go and and uh, and I told my wife, let's just you know, why don't we just go there and and I can work and you know, there's no there's no commute. I mean, you can I can walk to the office. I mean, this is really small, right? This is like Moncton or. I don't know, imagine just a small town, you know, somewhere in, in Canada. Um, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was great. I mean, I, you know, I mean, it, it was, it was great. And, and I've been really busy working on, uh, you know, working with U Construct, working with other people and, and um, yeah, it's been a great, uh, yeah, I think, I think it was the right, it was the right decision. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy because a startup, you know, a startup is a, it's a time sensitive sort of deal like, you know, of, uh, of enterprise, right? You you can't just, you know, you can't be sitting on your, you know, and 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 you know and, and you know and take six years to find product market fit or something like that. I mean, you gotta, you know, some people take a year, some people, some people take six months because they get lucky or less. Some people take three years, right? But that's because you're, you know, you're, you know, you're reaching out to your customers and you're learning, mm-hmm. it. Your and you just keep. I mean, this is like every single day. You bring as much energy as you can. Yeah. Uh, and and I just didn't. I I just needed a break. I couldn't really do that so spoke with my investors and uh agreed that i was gonna take a break
1: yeah yeah i mean absolutely was it burnout um did you feel burnt out or it was just like you were a lack of creative energy
0: it's hard it's hard to say i mean i, I mean i don't know if it was it wasn't burnt like I, I had you know yeah i don't know i just i just feel i just you know I, I, you know sometimes it's funny how things work like when i you know my um, when I was young, you know, I, I, uh, I, I always wanted to be the guy at the, you know, at the airport with the big phone and, uh, you know, the suit, the big phone, the suitcase, you know, um, I don't know. I just want to be, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be that person, the, the you know, that, that, that goes out and experiences the world and, and is successful, even though I had no clue what that meant, of course. Right. But, but, the, you know, as years went by, I, I you know, like you want to make six figures, like whatever I did, all of those things that you can set yourself when you're, when you, when you're, when you're young or when you're, you know, a teacher a teenager, you're a young adult, or, you know, all of these things, I, I must admit that I, I have, I did, I achieved all of these things, but I achieved those so the things. That they come at a cost. And so I just feel that, you know, I, at the time, you know, the time of the passing, I just feel like, well, it's, you know, was the cost really worth it? I mean, was that, was me not being there, you know, for my family and, was that worth the success or whatever? Like, you know, however, for me, it was never about the money. It was about getting, it's about, you know, proving to myself that I could just do these things. And then, yeah. Um, and I just feel like, if, you know, for a moment, I feel like it wasn't worth it. And if you feel that way, there's, you don't really bring the right energy. So it's not mm-hmm. burned out from the sense that I, I was tired. I couldn't wake up in the morning and work. Yeah. I mean, I worked for, you construct maybe, maybe even more than I worked for my own startup. Right. But it wasn't, it was never about that. I guess it was more about just not being sure as to whether or not I was doing it for the right reasons.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you, you know, you leave your company behind, you liquidate it, uh, you decide to move into a smaller community, uh, where you be closer to everyone, closer to your family, and, and hopefully have a lower pay like slower pace, uh, for in your working days. But um, how did that translate to Yukon uh, Connect? Um, was that, was that strategic? Did you uh, talk to them first before moving here? Did you move here? Did move to the Yukon and then find out about them? How that how did that connection have uh, come to be?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So, so I mean, I, I came, you know, I was, I mean, I I uh, I, uh, I connected with them because I saw a, I saw a post on on uh, on LinkedIn or somebody shared a post. I don't remember. I connected with them and. Um, you know, very quickly and turn into you know, that uh, turned into a conversation and we had a couple of calls and they say, well, look, the Yukon is, I mean, it's not, I mean, if you don't come here, you won't really, you, you don't know what this looks like or what this, you know, may look like. And we can't, you know, we want you to come up here and experience the Yukon before. Mm-hmm. The and, um, so they flew me over for a week or so. Might've been a couple of days more, a week or a few days. And, um, met a few people there were a couple of events so i was introduced to a few people government and and just a, a number of people and um i got an airbnb i got to walk around town and and uh, and it was the winter right so i mean like if you like it if you, if you can cope with it you know with the yukon in the winter i mean you i mean the summer it's just it's just beautiful right in summer and spring It's so it's beautiful so so um frankly um i tell a lot of people i don't know i think i don't know what um what people's motivations are to move to Yukon. For me, I moved for this, right? So I moved. I was excited, you know, I was excited about the the opportunity to um to to kickstart an ecosystem here. I mean, well, you know, there there's only a few places left, you know, as far as opportunities to do that in Canada, right? So definitely the territories and then maybe a few other locations in in the south, but um not the capital of province or a territory and so this was for me it was an exciting opportunity right so if I'm going yeah. to kind of put up you put my business aside for for a period of time and and, and go contribute to something this seemed like a, the most worthy you know opportunity. Hmm. And so they flew me up here and I experienced it and yeah sure it was so cold right but <laughs> I, I'm not you know as much as I enjoy a hike or you know or, or mountain biking I I just came here for the job I mean, yeah. I just came here for this. Like, I—that's I, the only reason why you know I came up here. I didn't care about the weather. I just—and frankly, I haven't really. It will come at a surprise to a lot of people if they listen to this, but I don't think I've been. I haven't really been anywhere. Like, <laughs> I, just, I, I just worked for two years straight, and I don't think I've actually been to many places in Europe. Mm-hmm. That is the honest truth. From the yeah. office, to my home, home to the office, and I. Uh, so it was just the—it was the opportunity, you know. Um, that's it
1: yeah how was this your first time like being on the other side of entrepreneurship helping other companies and other founders succeed and how 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 did you find that being in that role
0: yeah that's such a great question <laughs> that's such a great question uh yes it was the first time um and it felt weird at first because i mean you know having to spend i mean i must admit, made of course i'm not asian but i was i i, I you know i i i I, I moved to Asia when I was really young. I mean I, by young I mean like eighteen or nineteen or something. That's that young you're a young adult. I mean, are you I mean personality wise you still learn about the world, like you don't really have a fully formed personality and character and so on. You just uh, you know, you're just too young. And and I so I you know, I, I was I just grew up as a man in Asia. And so, you know, the the idea of I'm an expert and all of that, you know. You know, those things don't really fly in Asia very well. People are a little more humble, and you know, and and, and so things just work differently. And 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 when I w- when I moved up here, and I was a position where I was sort of the educator or the teacher or whatever, like the mentor, I just felt very humble by that because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't exactly sure whether or not I had the I had enough experience to be in that position. Right. So I didn't want to I, I didn't want to mislead people, and I. And so I, I, or, I mean, I, you know, I had experience, I guess I just didn't know exactly how much of, how much experience I had and how relatable that could be or helpful that could be to, to entrepreneurs. And, um, you know, I, uh, after running these programs for, you know, a few times, I, I realized that it was very helpful because I mean, you know, when you, I mean, you know, when you start companies in, in different countries, then you deal with different jurisdictions, So you learn a lot about law. Right. First of all, you're just dealing with lawyers, dealing with accountants. I mean, you learn a lot. You learn about trade, you know, macroeconomics, uh, macroeconomics. You do like you learn about, you know, what a number of things. And and in uh, and, and that's very transferable knowledge to companies, especially, of, you know, of course, startups that, that do business cross borders by default are looking to grow and, and take over the world and be leaders in a certain category. Um, this you know this my experience was very useful very useful source and mentors very useful kind of looking at you know just you know building your board building your advisory board you know looking for funding you know what funding you know you know when to seek funding you know how to how to uh you know how to build a team and all of those things and so you i've gone through that process so many times and it goes without saying that i fail you know most of the times and and I hear a lot of you know I listen to lots of podcasts and and uh, and, uh, and and I listen to a few of, of your podcasts as well and they're really interesting because I think the theme the big the theme around I mean the, I would say that what's common what's common to entrepreneurs who succeed and I'm not gonna I don't think I'm i there yet but I think you know what's common to entrepreneurs who succeed is is that they fail a few times and it's just it's just because you try and you don't know and then you fail and you just keep trying and eventually you know, eventually you find your own way to succeed right you find you have your formula to you know you know how to how you how to, how to start a business you know how to how you know that culture that you want for your business and all these things just become very methodical you know and, 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 it's, and it's easier um and it's easier for you to start something and, and make something successful so so it was yeah you know became a mentor overnight an accidental educator as i as i uh as i say um and uh um and i'm just very humble by, yeah. by some of the companies that that i supported are, are doing great right so that's, that's can we can we talk
1: about that uh, what are the, some of the companies that stand out for you uh, and what kind of work do you do with them
0: yeah. So as part of the, as part of the, uh, the program, this, this bootcamp, I, um, I, uh, well, I formally, you yeah, I formally run the program or used to, and, uh, and, uh, and then on the side, you know, outside of the bootcamp or outside of the program, outside office hours. And I, I just, I mentor them and support them, you know, with introductions. And, um, some of the companies that, in my opinion, have a lot of potential, uh, yeah. First is, you know, one company that I like, uh, you know, very much is called uh, Neighborly Neighborly North. And uh, they are, um, they are essentially a, a local option to your typical Airbnb. Uh, they offer, you know, local experiences, connect people to the local community up here in the north. So, you know, instead of doing your Airbnb, you know, typical Airbnb booking, when you come to the north, if you book through Neighborly North, essentially you are connected with, uh, you know, with uh, uh, with a community through them. And so that's uh, the the concept there is to grow across the north and to be the brand, the you know, the Airbnb brand for the north and competitor, of course. And um, and they've been growing, you know, very much since they started. And they're a graduate of the program. Uh, they raised some money and from local investors which is another thing there you go some local investors uh angels and and they're looking they're looking now to raise uh a, um a, a formal uh round within the coming pre, that was a pre-seed so i guess a seed round within the coming months so i mean it was a great example of a company that uh that uh that has you know that uh, just come out of the program and and uh and is, and is doing great has been they'll be in the you know they're, they're betting on the north they're betting on the Yukon, they're betting on the north the territories, Alaska, Northern BC, and so on. And, uh, so fantastic. The A few of the companies that I can mention, definitely a, um, Disco Velo um, is another company uh, that has come out of the program, uh, raised some money as well. Um, and they're developing a software that, in the nutshell, helps. It works with the stationary bikes, and it helps um, Uh, kids uh, at school get in the zone or the pocket as they call it uh so through you know by pedaling in their stationary bikes then they can play a game uh that helps them you know uh, uh, get in the zone so 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 find 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 a way for them to to be able to um, use that extra energy that they have um and uh and uh, um, and be able to concentrate in the classroom and take advantage of that that classroom time, uh, or uh, uh, or for those kids that for whatever reason may be agitated and so on, they you know they 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 piddle in the classroom and and as a means to let everyone else you know helps them helps everyone else let everyone else uh, uh, listen to to the teacher and and enjoy their you know enjoy their and take advantage of the classroom. So I mean um um. Uh, they, those are two companies that I know are doing very well. There's a third company that is, um, that is an indigenous business. Her, the name of the business is grandma, grandma, Teresa. And, uh, and Teresa is an, is, is an amazing, an amazing person because she's, she's a, so she's, so essentially she's, she's a first nations, uh, a, a Yukon first Nations citizen. Uh, she is also majority owner in the business and uh and uh and she sells bannock and bannock is a traditional first nation staple uh and uh she was she's been you know working on her business for a while went through the boot camp uh and uh and was connected with the canadian technology accelerator uh vancouver and seattle office uh and and connected with costco and a few of the retailers uh, to prepare her to potentially have costco be a distributor of of her bannock um so to you know to be able to make those connections and you know to see that those things can happen in the Yukon too Mm -hmm. and so I I'm not going to take more credit than to say that I made those connections she did all the work and everyone else involved did all the work uh but just to see that you know that we that that you can do that here that that you know to remind Yukoners and any other northern business owner that their businesses are also Canadian businesses, and the services provided to every Canadian business is also accessible to them. Uh, it's important because most of the and this is legacy, unfortunately, and I hope that it changes. But most of but the, the the way the North has been separated, and that's there's is a, a very negative, is very negative legacy. Is that you know, mm. in the, for every every most I won't say every because there are so many government departments and. And I wouldn't know. But um, some of the most important to me, as far as economic development is concerned, uh, federal offices are, are based in Vancouver. We, I don't think we, you know, except for CRA, I don't think we have anybody up here. Um, so that means that, well, people in Vancouver, naturally, if they don't live here, they don't really know what's happening here. Right. And so, uh, um, so that's a, that's a challenge. And so traditionally, the Yukon as federally, so the Yukon's Yukon's uh, federal services tend to be in in in, in BC, um, NWTs in Alberta, in Nunavut. I could be wrong, but I think it's mostly Ontario, uh, and maybe Quebec, to to some extent. Um, so the challenge with that is that the territories, well, we don't really have. Um, we're not very well connected, because if you know we're connected to the south, you know and 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 you know, and money makes the world go around, right? If we don't, if we don't really connect because of money, uh, and and you know, and up here, you know, you it's, it's all about economic development, right? And and uh, and 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 development overall, infrastructure, education, and all of that. You you're gonna be on the phone with people in BC all of the time, and you never gonna be never gonna be connecting with NWT or, or Nunavut if you're if you're in the Yukon. And again, some people do there's, you know, the connect. I mean, I have haven't had any connection in two years, uh, simply because, well, everything we need is in is is in is in is in BC. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, it's been it's been interesting to 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 see the federal government um, because of these companies, right, and um, you know, interested in what we're doing and paying more attention to what we're doing. And, uh, and 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 extending some invitations to you know to some of those some of the programs some of the things that you know that are happening down there as far as funding that's available and all of that we were we we're unfortunately out of the loop of a lot of those things, um, but yeah we have a we have we do have a couple of startups that are doing really well as far as revenue is concerned I mean I'm sure uh, either both or either you know one of them has already surpassed a million dollars in revenue they're software companies one of them is. Is Aprendo, Aprendo.io, and the other one is Proof. Um, Aprendo is uh, is an entrepreneur from Mexico who moved to NWT, and then uh, from NWT was working for, uh, for for a local company, and uh, decided to move to Yukon and start his company here. And I think he's preparing now for it's um, working out towards Series A, uh, and he's working out of Yukon. And I think he's got twenty employees or something like that. So I mean, it is that's a SaaS that's a SaaS company. Hmm. Uh, working out of fear, and it might actually be our our first exit, right? And definitely our first company going to CRSA, uh, which is very exciting, right? And the um and improve is uh is uh, Techstar's uh, Toronto graduate company, uh, that uh, uh that operates out of the Yukon, uh. So that's another example of a company that you know who would anyway who who would say that you know we're, yeah like that up here, but well, not, not a lot of people know, right? Yeah. Uh, and there are Prosquita and a couple of other companies that are doing really well. So, like I said, things are, in, in the past two years, things, things have happened.
1: Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with the, the Canada's uh, 2100 plan, um, which is by the year 2100, uh, Canada has a plan to increase our pop, the, the national population to 100 million um, citizens? With the major, with the twenty, like uh, about twenty million being pushed up to the northern territories. (laughs) No. Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very obscure.
0: (laughs) Is that is that really? really? Yeah,
1: so it's called the twenty one hundred plan. It's not very widely openly talked about, but it's a long term strategy being put in place uh, by policy centers. Um, So one of the main reasons uh, we think that. The like, major- like, majority of our population lives near the 49th parallel near the United States within 20 minutes of the United States um, because that's where the money is, that's where the economy is. But actually, f- from the founding of our hist- uh, country, Canada purposely built um, infrastructure and moved people in to the border because we were at war with the states, right, uh, as, a, as a British colony as a, uh, against uh, the, the, the guys who uh, rebelled against colonies, right? And so they purposely move, uh, built infrastructure and population who can already be called to arms to defend the huge territory, right? Um, so that's one of the main reasons why the North was never conquered, because they wanted to keep it close to the states. And then later on, economic ties changed, and we became dependent on the state's economy. But now uh, there's a huge push to build infrastructure and support to and push to, uh, new populations into the Northern Territories. One, uh, resources and freshwater. Two, uh, because of uh, the... Fortunate, unfortunate consequence of global warming is that uh, the Arctic is is thawing out, and new shipping lanes are opening up in the north. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's gonna it's gonna save uh, shipping lanes like thirty, like twenty, thirty percent of travel times and fuel traveling to the Arctic to go from Asia to the, to, to Europe. So it's opening up new areas for ports, uh, for trade, for commerce. Uh, and just like you know, Vancouver is built completely out of the port system. You know, uh, there's five major rail lines that come to Vancouver to build the to build the city. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an opportunity for the North to have something similar for the for, uh, to to control the Northern uh, Hemisphere. So we don't know where that's going to be, but two, um, th- or three only three nations have claimed now to the Northern t- uh, f- uh, for the Arctic oceans. Right? Uh, previously, it was considered un- uh, like uh, like a, uh, a no man's zone because it was the Arctic and it was frozen as thunder. But now it's, it's def- uh, thawing out and becomes more shippable. There's 40 trillion dollars of oil, gas, and mineral wealth underneath there. That are now uh, open to exploitation. So Canada, uh, Canada, um, uh, Denmark, and Russia—all are the only three nations that have claimed to the to this wealth. Russia uh, has 20 million people um, within 20 minutes of the of the North Pole, right, of the north, the north of the northern coastline, right. They have the most sizable population, and therefore are claiming the North actually belongs to them. Whereas Canada has the most territorial claim rights. And Denmark is trying to uh, try is trying to uh, trying to claim that too. That's why the joke came up with Donald Trump buying Denmark right. because of the oil and mining gas, right? The, the United States wanted to play in there too uh, by by buying sorry, not Denmark, buying um, Greenland from Denmark, right? So there's a huge opportunities coming off of the North for oil and gas for exploration for um, coastal trading centers and for the need for that. Um, and one of the main things lacking is population and economic support there. Right, um, one for for trade, for labor, and to help build infrastructure. So, I, I haven't heard uh, much of the internal gears as the mechanism of the government or and, and turning towards this. There's not even like a national debate about this, but mm-hmm. this is coming out of policy and think tanks now, right? Trying to uh, trying to gear up uh, forward for the next and uh, coming generation. So, what I'm interested in about is is there any movement there? Like, have you noticed in the, in the last few years that there has been a more and more shift economically or more political focus towards Northern Territories?
0: You know, it's interesting. I did not know about this and I will learn more about it now that you, you mentioned because I think it's, it's interesting. I, um, Well, you know, um, I would say yes. I mean, I could be wrong in the number, but I think we get about a billion dollars every year uh, from the federal government for a population mm-hmm. that might be, no, I should probably know this by now, but something like 40,000 people, right? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money for 40,000 people. And the only way I would justify a billion dollars for 40,000 people um, is because we're building the infrastructure for a growing population. Mm-hmm. Now, now this I did notice, and I figured a growing population, and so I didn't know about this, but what I did do is that I went to um, I went online to find out what others uh predicted canadian population will be like by by year 2100 i did that and my understanding from from that is that we will grow by 20 million overall those are those does what i read from various sources our various think tanks that our um our population countrywide will be like in in by 2100 so adding 20 million now if you tell me a hundred million population. I've never read that anywhere, but it's very interesting. And that would sort of explain why you would invest a billion dollars here, you know, and I don't know how much the government, the central government invests in, oh, the Canadian government invests in, in the, in, uh, in the Northwest territories and Nunavut, but I would assume a lot of money as well, Mm -hmm. very, very different from, you know, very, you know, far away from that, from that billion figure. Um, that's what I, I mean. I would say that. The other thing that I would say, though, is that pff, you need the buy-in from, 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 from First Nations governments, and, and so that's to say that to bring twenty million up here, twenty million people up here to, I guess, the territory. so that would be shared among the, the three territories. I, uh, I don't see it. I mean, yeah. I see it, but I, but I, I don't see it as an, you know, but. I, I don't see it um, as far as, you know, telecommunications, schools, like all the, whole, you know, education. And sure, you can build infrastructure and so on, but you have to have people moving up here. And, I mean, you know, I'll tell you the truth. I mean, we experienced minus 50 last year, you know, hmm. minus 89 plus windshield and in some parts minus 55 plus windshield minus 60. I mean, this is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Out there is not for I mean, you don't. I mean, I could pay you an extra thirty thousand dollars a year, or forty thousand dollars a year. Trust me. After your first minus fifty, you'll probably, you probably rethink those twenty, thirty, forty grand. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's not. Like, you know, again, to me, it was never about the weather. But trust me, if it wasn't because, you know, my dedication to my job and because I'm just, you know, my personality. Those people who like to be out there and really need that socializing and and uh, and 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 just. You know, just just the the occasional coffee or beer or yeah you know, whatever they fancy. It is not um it's not an easy place. Yeah. Now you know if you continue to pour in billions of dollars, I'm sure. I mean, I for you know for the right, I guess for with the the right amount of money and incentives, you know you'll you'll come and you know and and build you know build a, a you know a, you know whatever is needed. But my but I just don't you know. I do see that the north is warming up, but it's not warming up to the point where our winters are gonna be like BC, right, or Vancouver. I shouldn't say BC, but like Vancouver. I mean, no. I mean, I was spoke with somebody. It was Wednesday, I think it was Monday, who was saying that they haven't seen any snow all winter. I mean, we mm-hmm. saw snow in October. I mean, I get. I mean, it was. I mean, it's been cold here, and and we had snow in, in October. And it is, you know, February and there is, it is cold and it's snowy. So I, I said, you know, that means that you can't just, you can't build all year round. You're not building roads with conditions like this. So there's only limited time to do certain things. I don't know how they, you know, if they do plan on building and bringing 20 million up here, you know, I would, I would challenge that, you know, maybe the, um, you know, I would challenge that housing is a huge issue in the north. And if that's true well it's gonna take uh, it's gonna take a, a lot of time and a lot of money and and uh, and figuring out partnerships and and, and 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 other things to uh to provide decent housing to those who live up here mm-hmm. now and uh and that's not i mean it's a big problem in yukon but i believe it's a bigger problem in n w t and an even bigger problem in Nunavut so mm-hmm. If you want to bring 20 million, first, I think you need to provide decent housing for the people who are already here. Yeah. And, the, and the reason that that hasn't been done is because of what I just said. Yeah. It's cold. It is difficult to get materials up here. It is difficult to get trained labor up here. It's not an easy place to do business. And I remember mm-hmm. there there is a place in northern Russia. I, believe, I, could, I could be wrong. I forgot, I forgot the name. But there's a place in northern Russia where you could just people go and make, you know, I just, you know, you know, over a hundred K U S or, or more. And uh, for Russia, that's very good money for, you know, uh, uh, unless you're connected, let's leave it at that. But I, uh, uh, but I do know that people just go there and work for a bit and then move back to whatever village they're from. Mm. And, you know, you, you know, it's not a, it's not a very livable place. Well, I think, you know, sure. Whitehorse is not Northern Yukon, you know, or Northern. Yeah. Or, yeah. or like other like other part like other places in in the territories, but it's very interesting. I'll, I'll learn more about it. I just find it. I just find it interesting. I really haven't seen. You know, I see the money coming in, but I really haven't seen this money. And maybe that's that's the problem. But I will shoot myself in the foot if I say anything more. But, mm-hmm. uh, I uh, I haven't really seen. Yeah, I've been, I've been solving some of this problem. So
1: yeah, I I've recently heard, I've only recently heard about this plan. I've been following it. Uh, cause it's ambitious. and I love the ambitious uh, ambitiousness of it. But part of the uh, supporting evidence for this, right, um, in Russia, there's they have a two million per a person' city that the average temperature in the winter is negative sixty, right? And they survive. Like it's a whole city, right? They figured it out. So it's proven for that. Two, you're ever going to live on mars and like all that like you know if you to live in such an extreme climate there there's no better testing ground than the northern territories right you can survive there you can you can you can translate that stuff there uh three is uh climate refugees right uh uh, bangladesh alone with a a five to ten to twenty feet rise in sea in uh in um in um uh, what's it uh coastal waters Mm -hmm. right is um is gonna lose a landmass uh, that's that's housed currently by about uh, close to 100 million people. Right, they're all going to move. Um, Canada historically has been really good with I- I- immigration and um, uh, refugees. But like one of the things that we don't really recognize that very much is that the people that we bring in are generally top tier. Like our processes are very stringent. Like even the, even the refugees you bring in are are screened to a certain degree. They're educated. Uh, they're mostly from like, oh, like you know, like white, like uh, sorry, um, middle class families from their home nations, right? Um, and they're married, they're they have stability, they have families, right? And they, and they bring here, and it's like we're bringing the cre- we are cream of the crop. And with the refugee cri- crisis, uh, the climate cr- climate refugee crisis that might uh, occur in the next few years, few decades, coming decades, mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna have pick of the litter. We have 20% of the fresh water, we have a lot, a lot of land, and we're willing to uh, invest. And you think about it and you're like, oh, most of these people are coming from the tropics. They're never gonna survive in the north. I actually, um, I talked to a gentleman he's from from my home nation uh, home nation of uh, Sri Lanka. He's, he's also Tamil. Um, like, you know, there's about, I think about uh, 200,000 Tamils that came to Canada um, during the 80s, uh, late 80s and 90s, uh, you know, fleeing uh, persecution and cultural genocide. And this guy, was one of the few people who ended up going, leaving everyone else, one of the cities. He went to the Northern Territories and he established one of the only general stores in like a huge mile radius, apparently. Mm-hmm. And his general store is also where the RCMP are located. That's the only fixed structure. And he you know, he, he runs a store, he lives out of it. He got used to the weather. And over 10 years, started buying up the land and properties because it's the only main business in the area and became a landowner. And he has his own fiefdom, and like, he actually tried to get his family members from back home, sponsored from Canada, come and like, hey, come help me. You know, we have land here. Let's 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 build something here. But none of them could handle it. But They're like, you can pay me whatever you want. You can show me whatever you want. It's not worth it. They left. But he stayed. Mm-hmm. You know, I met another bush pilot. Uh, he is he flies a plane again from the from uh, from from the tropics, but he flies a plane in in the in the, in the in northern. Um, uh, uh northern british columbia to that to that region and he services about 20 communities that where he's is the sole source of transportation for goods services and people right the air taxi service almost all right and you know I think there is a entrepreneurial spirit just like people who want to who want to um, you know build companies and challenge take on big challenges there are people who want to take on the old school challenges of conquering land of conquering extreme conditions of of surviving through it And I think one of the cool things with the right support and with the right infrastructure and with the right drive, right, especially economic drivers that are coming, I think there could be a push here to change the fate of our nation, right? Like open up our areas, uh, make it more densely populated, and through that, we become more interconnected
0: well i i I definitely think so I mean uh you know there is Norway and Sweden and finland and estonia and and you know and those places are cold right as mm. cold as it, as it gets granted the coldest place on earth historically has always been yukon mm. uh, but uh um but they're not you know they're you know we're at this very similar parallel, dealing with very similar you know uh challenges and i think the the only difference between them and us. Is that they're more populated than they than we are. As far as the north is concerned, of course, right? Actually, as far as land mass is concerned, Canada is definitely you no know, very, very um, I mean, um uh it's a very low population density. But mm. I I you know I find that those th- that's the only reason. If there it was a bigger, you know, population supports everything, right? I mean, population will support universities, universities would support, you know, internships or interns and young graduates that will then know feed into feed into the economy as you know future families mortgages and that will fuel construction and businesses service i mean i I mean that's how you know that's how we build you know modern um how how we build cities or communities in 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 this age Mm -hmm. Uh, so that would that would make sense now i just don't know if to you know i always say that is it's very interesting the the whole idea of you know, of bringing in immigrants. I think I always joke with, um, you know, having relocated to Canada myself. I uh, and being, you know, just back in Singapore and looking at the people when I was, you know, putting in my application for, for a student visa uh, or study visa rather. I, I, I always joke that, you know, the biggest blessing to Canada and the biggest threat is the can the this threat. I mean, like Canada is attracting just super smart people. You said it, right. Yeah. This is true, right? And the biggest threat to me is that well you underutilize these people either you mm-hmm. lose them or you disenchant them and either one of those two is bad because when they come here they're ready they're ready to give they're ready to build. they're ready to do anything they'll move to Yukon they don't care right and so I've been on calls with people who say look I just I'm in the UAE I just landed a you know a permanent residency so I want to move to Canada and frankly I don't know it all sounds cold to me obviously hmm. so every, you know every no matter where you look it's not he knows it's not going to be like the UAE and, and, and I said, well, I could come to the Yukon or I could come to Nova Scotia. It doesn't really matter. I'm just looking to see, like, you know, who, you know, what's out what's there, you know, what's out there for me. And, um, and I feel it's important, you know, when you bring people like that, that you have a strong value proposition. And oftentimes, you, I mean, you said you pointed some of the things that truly really matter. If I was in the U.A. and you told me this, we have, you know, we have, we have the third largest reserves of, you know, fresh water in the planet. I I care about that, obviously, or from Singapore with the drinking, you know, recycled water. Uh, You know, I I would say, I would say, well, that's brilliant. That sounds like an upgrade, right? And and there's tons of land. And so, well, that sounds like an upgrade. But how about, you know, starting a business? How about, you know, uh, how about doing business? How about doing certain things? Like, you know, you know, we, I think uh, certain things up here, you know, should work better than they do. We should be more competitive and uh and and we should you know and we're doing and we're doing lots of things to um you know to be and to build a more competitive, more resilient economy. We have a long way to go so i I think uh that what I would appeal to you know does anybody at the government listening is that it's important to put a lot of effort into attracting great people, but great people are great, doesn't matter whether they come from Sri Lanka or they come from you know from from South Africa. Ghana, you know, Guatemala, if they're smart, they're smart. They're probably smarter than most people around you today, right? Because they're smart. They're one of the smartest in their nation, right? So out of millions of people, they're the smartest people. And so they make the cut and they come here and they don't take very long to figure things out, right? They, they don't take very long that if you go to Alberta, you're gonna pay less taxes and 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 there's red tape, and you know, there's less red tape that so they you know can do more things. Like they don't take very long to figure these things out. They probably figure these things out before they jump on the plate and get to Canada, right? So So what's important is to recognize that we don't just attract, you know, immigrants that are, you know, because they, you know, they find the proposition of more land freedom and all of that, and access to, you know, these resources appealing, um, we need to have a strong plan for them to play a bigger role in the economy and, and, you know, and, and, and some of them are, and I feel like some of them are heavily underutilized. So uh, I'm excited because Canada continues to attract these people. So that's phenomenal. I mean, like eventually we're going to have like, I mean, this is going to be a very exciting place to do business. I mean, even the north, right? I mean, people are already moving up here, and and, and that's exciting. uh I think it's important to to continue to um, to pay attention to to you know how do we better utilize this labor, this talent that's coming up here uh, in a staying competitive. So I'm excited yeah. for this. I mean, I. I play for Team Canada after all, so.
1: Definitely. Um, so let's, I know we're a little over time here, but I really want to cover, um, you, know, you, you know, you disclosed that uh, you decided to leave uh, your current position. Mm-hmm. Um, what brought you to that, uh, brought you that decision and where you want to go from there?
0: Yeah, well, I think it's, you know, part of it is, part of it is, um, part of it is growth, you know, personal growth. Part of it is, you mature, you know, you'll, you you become aware of the things that you're good at, the things that you're not good at, the things that you are not interested in, the things that interest you, and and then you start making choices, right? And then yeah, sure, the blessing of you know being able to be in a good place. I mean, I guess, post emotionally or or uh, you know, uh, 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 money wise, to you know, to be in a place that you can say, all right, so look, I'm gonna resign and take some time to think about. You know my next steps, my next steps, you know, for me it was, you know, when I came to track, it was more about let's get this thing kick started. And I think we did, you know, I think we did. I mean if you ask people around, I mean not everyone, I mean there's still those who say a startup is a company that's starting up. I think I, I mean I just I mean there'll be those who who still say that but there'll be those who you know starting to connect the dots and those who are starting to be very ambitious and believe like some of the companies that I've mentioned that they can truly build a unicorn out of the Yukon look, you know, however absurd, however, you know, however, you know, I don't think it's absurd, but I think however absurd people may think, you know, that's possible to do that out of the North because we don't have access to capital. I mean, it is true. I mean, if, as if it wasn't challenging anywhere else in Canada, it is even more challenging here, but look, that's how lots of ecosystems get started in Canada, you know, let alone other parts of the world. Right? And so I, I, um, I think, uh, I did as much as I could to kind of build a foundation uh, with this organization but I work as well with a limitation of a of an organization um, that wasn't built wasn't designed to do this it wasn't designed to support startup entrepreneurs it was designed to uh, to help build community to give access to to space to give access to you know uh, to a co-working space you have to do a make space you know for uh, uh, to do to do certain things and not so much build to support startup entrepreneurship and get into investment and and all of that, so I work with that framework right in that mandate, and that is very limited so so I always you know i you know lately I realized that well they 're doing a great job of what they 're doing you know i mean you can 't say they 're not i think they're doing a fantastic job, and anyone in the UK recognizes are you know their 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 um the great job they've done at connecting people and giving access and providing access even during the pandemic, you know ensuring that you know those doors stay open and people you know could come in and and use the and use the internet and you know have access to a printer and lots of those things who we, you will take for granted if you're in the south um, but that's not really easy to come by here in the north right so so that that so this organization plays that role for me right now it's all about startup entrepreneurship. I, I mean, we need to you know it's, it's all about startup entrepreneurship potentially uh, get people, you know, getting people excited about, you know, uh, 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 starting a, a super cluster for the North, you know, starting something really big, super cluster. you know, super cluster type here for the North uh, connecting universities. There's only one university in North Yukon, Yukon uh, university just turned a university last year from a, from a college. Uh, the other two territories uh, have colleges, not yet universities. Uh, there's so much work to do. And, and I think, uh, you know, I think with that framework that I was provided, I think I've done as much as I could. And now it's time, you know, to maybe, um, maybe coming up with something new, you know, something of my own, um, and contribute to that momentum, uh, and and maybe build a framework that is, uh, limitless. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, I'm really excited to see what uh, comes out of this. Um, you know, it seems like you're very deeply passionate about what you do, you're uh, extremely well worst in the startup world with with your own personal background, and you're not afraid of challenges. Clearly, right? L- living living in the living in where you are, but um, yeah. Uh, William, thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's been a real pleasure. I really enjoyed learning more about what's going on in the north, and uh, your your insights were really helpful. Uh, it's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you. Well, thanks. Thanks again for for having me. I always, you know, I, I'm just uh, an email away or or a call away. I always, you know, I'm always looking for people who are interested in, in supporting entrepreneurs up here or interested in, in partnerships that can help us connect, uh, connect the Yukon with, you know, with, with everyone else in, in Canada. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's the road, the road ahead is, is exciting and, and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be, uh, you know, to be, uh, uh, to be surrounded by, you know, lots of supporting organizations. This is a venue that, that allows us to, the word out there and, and 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 let people know that we that we exist so i thank you thanks for that and thanks for the invitation
1: absolutely uh stick around for a quick a quick debrief uh and for everyone who tuned in thanks again episode 111